0: Welcome, listener, to another edition of the Comic Relief Podcast. I am your host, Michael Moreno, and with me, as always, are Thomas and Amy Loeb. How are you guys doing today?
1: Doing good, sir. Doing good.
0: Excellent. So before we get into this amazing uh, season two wrap-up of The Mandalorian um we have a sort of a somber announcement huh
1: yeah so actor jeremy bullock who originally played boba fett in the empire strikes back and return of the jedi has passed away this past thursday um not long ago david Prowse, who played vader also had recently passed so it's it's been a rough year for star wars jeremy bullock had battled parkinson's disease for quite a few years um he had a long and happy career spanning more than 45 years he was a devoted to his wife, three sons, and ten grandchildren, and they will miss him terribly, A statement said. Bullock was best known for playing the bounty hunter Boba Fett in The Empire Strikes Back and briefly in The Return of the Jedi.
0: Rest in peace, Jeremy Bullock. And speaking of Mandalorians and Boba Fett, let's talk about The Mandalorian. What a, what a strange sort of ironic twist that he passed in between episodes of The Mandalorian that, br- that just brought Boba Fett back into the, the lexicon. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, his legacy will definitely carry on for many more years to come. And now it's even more assured. Yep. And before we continue on to, um, to the Mandalorian discussion, we just want to let you know that there will be many, many, Spoiler. many so much spoilers but before we get into the season finale though we i keep doing this whole before thing, before before before, uh we have not yet discussed the episode before the season finale the one where we got the uh uh, the bill burr character back what did you guys think of this episode now
1: i call it the shipment episode because that was the majority of it where they're driving in that van with the highly volatile uh stuff
0: Uh, just to finish it off din has to find out where uh, uh he has to find the location of mop gideon so he has to access an imperial terminal and in order to do that he needs bill burr's character who i forget his name unfortunately and they need to take him. They need to break him out of the scrapyard recruits Kara Dune, because she is now a new Republic Marshal to go take him out of the, sh- the scrapyard. Bilber's awesome. And is right. He's super weary. He's like, ah, what do you guys want? I don't, you don't know. Right. They go to the planet. They, they basically, they do the classic star Wars, um, steal, uh, st- stealing the armor of a stormtrooper <laughs> to disguise themselves and infiltrate their, you know, the base or wherever they're going to, they break into the facility. They access the terminal, uh, they find out uh, Moff Gideon's location and they fly out. Let's dig into this one just a little bit before we get into the meat and potatoes of the finale. What did you guys think of the second to last episode with the shipment?
2: I felt like the first time, well, this is probably first time in forever for me, at least, that like I'm actually like rooting for the bad guys, right? Because... They're pretending to be bad guys, and and then all of a sudden they get out of it. I mean, this is the same episode, right? Because, like Tom, I'm so in love with the last episode that I'm kind of forgetting the second last yes. episode. <laughs> but I really, I did, I did really like. I mean, I I enjoyed this episode. Like we talked about before, like I feel like this has really gotten us back to like where Star Wars was before when we were um really like enchanted by it. It felt Star Warsy. It it felt like it wasn't trying too hard because I feel like a lot of the stuff that's come out in the last whatever years was just trying really hard to like re like vamp the franchise and it didn't feel authentic and I really did like the fact at the end that like she kind of just let him go
0: cheering for the empire is such a strange thing but it was it was real and this show does that so often when the TIE fighters show up and save the day you're you're cheering for the empire and then they get back to the base and all the the stormtroopers and all the imperial troopers are all like cheering and they got their arms in the air and you're just like yeah they did it (laughs) yeah I feel good for these guys like the empire finally got a win Granted, it took a non-imperial team to do it for them, but they finally got a win. These poor guys—they've they, had a—they've had a rough go at it since the original trilogy.
1: One of my favorite parts of that episode was when they—you know—they've made it through. They go, they need to get the code from the console, and the one guy who was the commander at that table, and he calls him over, and you know, he's like, "Oh, you know, any price for the victory of the Empire?" And that dude was like, "Yeah, some prices are too high." i was like hell yeah because they really quick they built up my ability to hate that commander guy
0: (laughs) what a great actor by the way that guy played the um the ice king in game of thrones the night king from game of thrones from the white walkers what a great actor man they couldn't have picked uh, uh such a you know what that was a little reminiscent of i i felt like because uh, you know he he had sort of a, a southern accent or really like sort of a gnarly southern accent and he was kind of a uh, his attitude to me seemed like he was uh, like an ex-confederate soldier yes right that even though they, they like they they'd already lost but they were still out there sort of just digging their heels in and being like well it is what it is man we had to do what we had to do and then for this guy to just come up and just shrug his shoulders and hand him a shot and be like yeah well such a great like uh, character building point for me like they 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 again the show does that really well where even though you don't see these characters for very long you get so much you know it's it bill burr's could have been just a throwaway character bill burr's character had a really hard time sort of wrapping his head around the people that he used to work for maybe aren't the good guys and there was it, there was a lot of that too because it, it all he also had that conversation while they were driving around in the uh in the tank with mando where he was like look man you think you're the good guy but these guys think they're the good guys and you know we just put on our helmets and just you know Do what we have to do. And I thought that was a really good conversation too. And then as Mando sort of looking out the window, he sees like the kids, right? The locals looking up. One thing that I thought was interesting, and I I would have to go back and double
1: check when he's looking at the villagers, they only show females and children. And I thought, oh, like all the, like all the adult males are like slaves or something like that. But it turns
0: out apparently all the adult males were the quote unquote pirates. I like that. They, they call them pirates. To the Empire they're pirates they're pirates uh, yep they're, they're locals the Empire is invading on their land it's funny because normally it seems like those are the type of people
1: Mando would have, have somehow ended up helping like I was honestly waiting at some point for him to somehow have a turnaround and help these people yep. but he was actually forced to kill them you know as they're trying to blow up the the cart he's driving because they don't know you know they don't know yeah. his end plan but he's forced <clears throat> to kill a bunch of these dudes
0: yeah and, and if you noticed in the episode these dudes are trying to save each other like we're so used to seeing stormtroopers just sort of like go down like one like fall like dominoes these guys were trying to help each other from falling off the cart. they knew each other they were friends they were they were locals they were villagers they were brothers i thought they did that really well yeah i don't know it was a really interesting episode i i I enjoyed it
1: i agree (laughs) what i thought was really really funny is at the very end of that episode uh the part where they're like you know it'd be a shame if he died during this mission and he's like what <laughs> and they do this whole thing, but what was funny is they let him go on this planet with no weapons where yeah. he's wanted by the Empire.
0: <laughs> hey.
1: Like, they they know who did it, and we're just going to leave you on this planet with no weapon to defend yourself, but at least you're free. (laughs) I was like, at at least toss the quote
0: unquote dead guy, a weapon. (laughs) He had, he had no bones about it either. He was like, all right, you sure? Bilber was good in this episode. He was. Bilber really, he was really endearing, man. When, when after he killed that general dude that he was like, Hey, don't worry. I won't tell anyone I saw your face. He you yeah. could tell like he he meant it. I think Bill Byrd stole this episode. He was he 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 was amazing. When Boba shows up at the shipyard and he's like, Oh, I thought it was the other guy. I thought it was someone else. <laughs> I wonder how much of the stuff they let him just sort of um sort okay. of ad lib. All right. Anything else on this? You guys want to touch on this episode before we jump into?
1: To the season
0: finale of season two with the Mandalorian. Oh. <laughs> oh my God, Becky. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny because, okay, how did the episode start? that's the hard part to remember That is the hard part yeah i don't remember how did it start it was it was they had they were with bo-katan
1: yeah they went to go get bo-katan and the other girl who i can't stand
0: so the scene the the cantina scene where they were talking to um, yeah they were sort of giving boba uh, boba fett a hard time where they were like you're not a mandalorian he's like i never said i was so when
1: they say he's not a mandalorian it's because he's not quote unquote a real boy because he's a clone yeah
0: mm-hmm. but that was a really good scene. it was a good fight scene too i like when um it, it wasn't Bo-Katan. bo-katan was just watching yeah the yeah, other the girl one, she did the um the spin with the jet pack around him that was a good fight the only part i didn't like about the fight was the very end where they
1: both flame torch each other and but neither of them are really being burned like somehow the flame torches are canceling each other out in the middle i don't I think that's how fire works. Like the fire was literally very like -like, cartoon-like, stopping in the middle. You know, like when one person shoots a beam, another person shoots a beam, and they hit in the middle, and they're trying to push the beam one side or the other. That's exactly what the fire did. It just kind of stopped in between them oh, that was kind of a lame end for me to that
0: fight because everything up to that was awesome yeah I, I feel like that fire thing though might be a nod to dave filoni's past on avatar the last airbender because firebenders would do that you know, when oh, you see I see firebenders that. and they blast at each other the flames would just meet in the middle and what happens next amy oh my
2: gosh
0: i don't even... <laughs> <laughs> amy, amy's oh. like so then they're on the ship <laughs> <laughs>
2: Can we just fast forward to this shit?
0: <laughs> so what they were going to do is they were going to fake... That the Lambda Cruiser was being under was coming under attack by the Slave One, right? And they plugged the uh, the chute that the Tie Fighters come out of with the Lambda Cruiser, so that no more Tie Fighters can come out. They just let Boba do what Boba does and just wreck the Tie Fighters. When his turrets on the top flip to shoot behind him, I was like, "Oh, dude!" My my Slave One moment was when you could see the cockpit rotating because I always wondered, like. When when Boba and Django get in the ship, are they laying back? <laughs> are they just staring at the sky? They have they have like a gyroscope, <laughs> concept, yeah, which is like, oh, cool. Thank you. The Lambda Cruiser ha- is the Trojan horse. It has all the girl power team, which. Dude, what yep. a I, lot. I like the scene where they go, uh, they, they go across the catwalk, and then the two Mandalorians yep. fall off the side. Yeah, and then they start, they, they start fighting. You know, the the the, the uh, I think it was Cara Dune, and um, I forget the assassin's name. The sniper is what the I sniper, call it. Yeah, yeah, the sniper. Uh, they still, there's now they're sort of uh, flanked on both sides, you know, from the front and the rear, and then of course the the Mandalorians rocket back up and just start wailing on them
1: other than when we get towards the end i think that was probably my favorite scene
0: but uh, i was gonna say if if i were putting together a uh turn based rpg team with these characters like that would definitely be uh my four-man squad right there i would add brianna tarth on the side i'm also watching the final season of game of thrones which i hadn't seen and brianna tarth is awesome mando stays behind on the Lambda Cruiser, right? That's plugging up the 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 TIE Fighter hole. He sets out to go find the child. Keep in mind, it was also Mando's job to stop the um, Dark Troopers or whatever. Oh, they're called. The dark Troopers, yeah, yeah. On the way to go get the child to stop them. Mop Gideon's Cruiser is running on a skeleton crew, but they have something, what was it, like 20, 15 to 25 Dark Troopers? He had a, what was it, like a minute or something to stop them from booting up and just mm-hmm. to, to lock them over? Yeah, real quick, I want to just. Add the
1: whole reason that Bo Katan agrees to help is that she gets to keep the dark, um, saber. The sh- yeah. the dark saber, and the ship to retake Mandalore. Well, I have a feeling that will be important later. Oh, <laughs>
0: we're we're going to get into that in a second. But Mando's on his way to go seal the door on the, um, on the Dark Trooper. It's there just in time. Like, mean one Dark Trooper gets out. Yeah, How the incredible. door's close, but
1: one of them gets his hand through.
0: One of them gets through. How great was that scene, man, between <laughs> Dark Trooper and Mando?
1: You mean where it pummels Mando through a wall? <laughs> that
0: it, part? He was so out of his league. Yeah, I mean, he used
1: every weapon in his arsenal. He used his flamethrower. He used his little dark things that fly out.
0: I like that scene served so many different sort of elements. It sets up how strong these dark troopers are, right? And he gets pummeled. I love the scene where he's just getting punched into the wall until he took out his Veskar staff. Yeah, the spear thing. Yeah, the spear. It was satisfying to see him just totally wreck this dark trooper with the spear. And then I thought, well, okay, that would be the resolution to the episode was he's just going to take a spear and go ham on all these troopers. And then he just opens the vacuum door. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <Let's> <laughs> this time around, though, they're not living creatures. And oh, yeah, they have rocket feet, which we saw in, again, the episode where they kidnap the um the child.
2: Just FYI.
0: And I don't remember if bo leads Mando to where the child is.
2: No. Um, he just, he knows in. the way. Yeah. yeah. And ah. he sees that uh, Moff Gideon basically has the dark saber to the child.
0: What a great scene. So Moff Gideon is a... Very smart individual. He knows that if he loses the dark saber, if he loses the fight to Mando and Mando takes the dark saber, that will pit Bocatan against Mando. Oh, another thing that Moff Gideon said that was uh, very telling, and again for the audience, was he said, "Just assume that I know everything." Spoilers. Uh, Mando defeats Moff Gideon. Uh, I mean, after going up against the Dark Trooper, I feel like Moff Gideon was probably uh, a nice cooldown workout. <laughs> if he was not getting his head pummeled into the bulkhead. He has Moff Gideon captive, right? Because uh Cara Dune wants him alive, Bo wants the ship. And wants uh, the dark saber. Once they get to the bridge, there's this moment of realization. Moff Gideon sort of has this. If he, I felt like if he had um, a twirly mustache, would have he would have been twirling his mustache in that scene where he sort of <laughs> chuckles and he's like, "You fool! You fell right into my plan." You know? Do you guys understand the sort of the meaning behind the dark saber and and and? Why Bo-Katan can't take it back? Tell us why, Tom. I want your take on it.
1: So after Mando brings in Moff Gideon and he's like, "Here you go. Here's the dark
0: saber," and he starts chuckling and laughing and
1: saying, "Yeah, she won't take it. She can't take it. It has to be won in combat." And so he says, "Okay, fine. I surrender. Take it." And he says, "No, no, no, because it's about the story of the dark saber. That is what's important. And that whoever has the dark saber." will rule over mandalore
2: i'm sorry i'm just trying to remember if if moff gideon dies he
0: tries
1: (laughs) Yeah, so so you remember when they came into the bridge they fought a bunch of dudes and knocked him out moff gideon landed when he was thrown he landed next to a gun i noticed that and kind of threw his his cape over it to hide the gun so then when he stands up to basically first once he realizes someone's coming he tries to kill the child Mando jumps in front of him, and then he puts the blaster to his head. But yeah. I can't remember who it is, but someone stops him
0: from yeah, it was, pulling it was, that uh... trigger. A Disney executive came in and knocked it out of his hand. We can't sell if you if you die. Don't Abort. you listen
2: to the podcast? <laughs> so Ma- Moff Gideon was the last owner of the Darksaber, correct? And then Mando uh-huh. won yes. it, but Mando didn't kill him.
1: Yeah, it might have not been to the death, but I think it has to be in combat.
0: Uh, if you watch the, um, I believe it's, I, I'm sorry, I get Rebels and Clones Wars mixed up because I saw them out of order. But the way that bo first got, because bo used to have the Darksaber, her sister Sabina. Bean found the dark saber and handed it to her because she you know everyone felt that she was the rifle ruler of Mandalore. She's already been given it's already been given to her once, and she somehow lost it to Moth Gideon. And then for it to be given to her a second time without her earning it is too much. Oh. They say, Oh yeah, remember she got it and then she lost it, and then she got it back again. And well, who did she defeat? Oh no, uh, this other guy. Uh, defeated and then just yielded it to her it's 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 not going to rally the mandalorians to her side
2: right so now we've got everyone's in the cockpit the bridge yeah this is when it happens or
0: yes
1: Mm -hmm. you remember they say hey we have small objects coming back towards us and they realize it's the dark troopers because as maiko said they have jets they don't need to breathe they can just fly right back into the ship close the blast door they close it but then the two in the front just start hammering away in a rhythmic beat on the door and you can see from the other side of the blast door where they're inside the bridge uh, it is putting a dent in the blast door and that they are going to get through and moff gideon says you might as well realize once i get through everyone in this room is going to be dead except for me
0: and things look
1: pretty pretty hopeless hopeless for our heroes and that's
2: the end of the episode so anyway
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it fades to black (laughs) <laughs> that would have been awful. You see a single X-Wing fighter. Yeah. Who can it be? You know, at first I was like, oh, obviously, right? I'm sure everybody else also thought it was Luke. But then I was like, maybe, hmm. Started thinking maybe it could be Ezra, possibly Ezra. That's um, so funny. That's what I said. And then once you see like the cloaked figure come out, I was
1: like, well, now I know who it is. Because that made it very clear.
0: I mean, I saw the cloaked figure and I was like, oh, oh, oh. And then the green saber pops out and I was like, oh, yeah. How good was that friggin' scene of just Luke chomping through all these droids?
1: I think so. That was awesome. But I think my favorite one is it was right near the tail end of him chopping through him. He gets to that one, just extends his hand and closes his hand. Um, and you see the robot just start collapsing into itself. And I was like, oh,
0: that is so good. Yes. Didn't you feel that it was that the scene was a reminiscent of the Darth Vader scene in the uh, Rogue One. And what, and it's something that Amy had mentioned um, uh, on a phone call. She said that she she didn't know that the Jedi actually did those like crushing force choke type moves like how do you how do you what do you feel about that before i get my opinion to know your
1: enemy you have to also have their power understand their power i think the jedi however don't use it against a living being ever but i could certainly see them using it against a robot because they're not destroying a life they're just putting a machine down
0: what do you think amy is that a decent enough explanation or are you still upset that luke horse crushed a droid
2: Set by it. It just, well, obviously coming off of where he had just come from, their Jedi ended, right? Because it's after Jedi. But mm-hmm. at the same time, he's got a lot of new harness powers that he's just learning how to use. I mean, because at the end of the day, the child is going to learn from Luke's yeah. way of teaching the Force. Because there's not that many Jedis left, right? So it's yeah. kind of like, it's interesting how it started out. Um, with a bunch of jedis and masters and everything and then the way that the series has turned it really a lot of it is put on luke's shoulders yep. which is very strange when you think about it throughout the whole thing because if people are big star wars fans um everyone's mm-hmm. always kind of like oh my god luke's so whiny he's so this i mean he's never been like no one's I mean, I am not want to say no one, but like no one's ever been like, oh, my God, who's your favorite character in Star Wars? Luke, you know, like it's not like he's the go to, you know, of favorite characters. We
0: we obviously hang around circles, as there are (laughs) plenty of people, I think, that like Luke. So there's there's Luke from the movies and there's Luke from the extended universe and the Luke of the extended universe is. He's considered to be one of the greatest Jedi to ever live. We've never seen yeah. that in yeah. popular media. You know what, what this show does? They did this for Boba Fett, and they're doing it for Luke. So for years, people have claimed that these two characters, <laughs> some of the, the coolest, baddest characters that we just n- have never seen, do their thing. Now we see where Luke is at. We've seen what Boba Fett can do. Uh we hadn't seen that in the movies.
2: I always kind of felt Boba Fett got a lot of props for not having very much- much FaceTime in movies. Every guy I think I've I've ran into who's like Star Wars or buyers that I've worked at with um stores and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. I'm always like, "What's your favorite like character?" And you know, I would say two out of three times it would always be Boba Fett. But when you really look at it, you're like, "Well, how much time did he really get on screen? Like, um, is it because he's a bounty hunter?" I'm like, "Is it because yeah. he got?" in a Sarlacc pit like I mean like I, I never really kind of got it I mean I think huh. it's because he looks cool and everyone liked the sleigh one
0: pretty much it he just he had the look and it was like yeah. one or two lines about how awesome he was that's all it took it's funny because it's fan service but it's fan service done so well they managed to squeeze in fan service in a way that, that is relevant to the story and moves the story along perfectly it makes sense that Luke would answer the call from the child. He's out there looking for Jedi. He's out there recruiting. He's scouring the galaxy and there aren't many Jedi. So if, if a if a beacon goes out, if a help beacon goes out, he's it's probably gonna be Luke that answers it. Okay, just to finish off, Luke just destroys these dark troopers in such a satisfying way.
2: So now we get to a point where Mando's found a Jedi to train.
0: But right away he's like, yeah, he doesn't want to go with you. I love how well, this show handled this transition this scene this transaction where he's like he's waiting for your permission dinjarin looks over and he's like oh man you're right i'm his dad and that scene where he pulls the hood back and they have the you know the interaction and the child and dinjarin and i i i teared up a little bit man a little bit oh for sure especially when he takes off his helmet
2: very reminiscent right of when Darth Vader dies and he asked Luke to take off his mask so he could see his face. I mean, it was very um, like a callback to that a little bit, you know. You well, know
1: that's actually like, a good point. Great I hadn't mo- even
0: thought of that. Great point. You know, the father taking off the helmet to show son the face and everything like that was. Yeah, you're right. How great was that Luke was just so he just was like such a calming force. He's he felt wise. He felt like a Jedi.
2: And how cute was it when RT saw Roku? Because uh, I mean, because you know he was at the the temple, and they were in the temple probably together. So he probably knew him because he was so excited.
0: Yeah, they knew each other. They they all they both um, waddled at each other like you know little, their little waddling thing that they do. That was kind of cool.
2: He was like, oh god, I'm so happy you're not C3PO and whiny. <laughs>
0: And then all was right in the universe. I have an interesting
1: question before we jump to anything past that. Now that they have gotten rid of Baby Yoda, right? He's off with Luke because now Boba Fett has paid his debt. They've got the child back. So Boba Fett does not have to hang around anymore. So it seems like they're gearing Mando to go with Bo-Katan to maybe go help take Mandalore back. I am curious if there is going to be a drop in viewership because there is no more Baby Yoda. There are the hardcore fans that are going to keep watching it, right? But there are a bunch of children, you know, and a bunch of women, even a bunch of boys who literally only watched it because of baby yoda and now they've taken out the cute element of the mandalorian so i'm curious if there is going to be some kind of drop in viewership it's i mean obviously it's not going to be enormous but i i would be curious to see the the viewership of season three versus season one and two
2: my prediction for this show is it's going to take a hard turn because they obviously we're going to talk about like how like there was that end scene right after The credits, right? And what happens there, Boba takes over and we can go into more depth about it. I feel like the Manor Lauren's going to take a hard turn and it's going to be front-facing Boba Fett because they said that it's coming back December 2021. And Kathleen Kennedy had already said that mandalorian 3 is coming back december 2021 Mm. and i'm a little suspicious to see if they would actually play both at the same for me at least they would kind of like pace it out differently so i don't know where mando is going to end up i don't know where baby is going to end up but i have a feeling that maybe mandalorian 3 is going to be boba fett
1: well i thought the way i i so Let's just talk about that ending where we see Jabba's palace. We see the sniper walking in there. She's kind of walking. And Bib Fortuna has taken over Jabba's slot. He has gained a bunch of weight. That
0: was Bib? So he... That was uh, 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 Jabba Jr., man. he's He got big. I know.
1: He got big. He got <laughs> he got big. I mean, That's it's a lush charity. life he took over. And then we see one of the Gamorian guards run up. Boo! Get shot. Another one starts running up. Boo! Get shot. We see Boba Fett's shadow, and then we see Boba Fett. And then Bitfortuna says something. Oh, yeah, Boba Fett, <laughs> I thought you were dead. It's
2: like, are you hungry? Yeah. I have some food.
1: <laughs> you yeah. want Boba Fett proceeds to shoot him and kill him and sits on the throne.
2: Now he's kind of like oversees the underworld. Yeah, the yeah. underworld,
1: the shadow market. My impression of when we see at the very end he's sitting on the throne, and it says the book of Boba Fett, December 2021. To me, I thought that was indicating a new show, a separate show that would focus on Boba Fett. Because what Disney could easily do is the Book of Boba Fett comes out on Monday. Mandalorian comes out on Friday. So you're still making it so it's two separate shows that are not directly competing.
2: At the end of our um, last podcast for The Mandalorian, we got into a conversation about Mandalorian Season 3 and then the Book of Boba Fett. Mm -hmm. So I was... um, looking up stuff and I came upon uh, tweet from Paul Bateman, who basically is the um, concept designer and art director for um, The Mandalorian, and he works for uh, Disney. And it's kind of a long paragraph, but basically, what he's saying is that Twitter's making a tangle out of confusion. And I just wanted to, he goes, I don't officially represent Lucasfilms, but I, but what I do comes with, with things like this. And he says, At all, I'm reassuring a few worried folk that The Book of Boba Fett and The Mandalorian Season 3 will appear to have entirely different shooting schedules despite potentially releasing around the same time. so has been confirmed uh, to sign on for the third season, consequently in is very understandable conclusion to reach, we were talking about the same show, but they're two entirely different shows. But then he says, but then it's still 2020 and I suppose anything can happen. So my theory was
0: wrong, the, and they've also confirmed that the all these shows are going to culminate into a Defenders type show. There's going to be the threat of uh, something much bigger. I suspect it's going to be Thrawn. I, I suspect yeah. that the story is going to go into the Thrawn story with Bo-Katan and Ahsoka. Because what if they do find they finally get to Thrawn, and like the season finale reveal is, or they finally get to Ezra, and the season finale reveal of that season is that. He's a dark Jedi. Anyways, I'm I'm tapped out. That was a great season. That was an excellent season of the uh, the Mandalorian. Thank you everyone for joining us on this uh, wrap up of the Mandalorian season two. Thomas, uh, please let us know where can we find the Comic Relief Podcast. All right, you can find us
1: on www.comicreliefpodcast.com. You can go to Facebook.com forward slash Comic Relief Podcast. You can go to Twitter.com forward slash Comic Relief Pod C. And there's also an Instagram, which is instagram.com forward slash comic relief the outro will correct any mistakes I may have just made as to where you can
0: find us. Thomas, Michael and Amy will return in the next episode of the Comic Relief Podcast. How about uh, we go out on a moment of silence for uh, Mr. Jeremy Bullock and uh, in remembrance of his great work and his great life. Thank you for listening to the Comic
1: Relief Podcast. You can find us at comicreliefpodcast.com, or you can go to facebook.com forward slash comic relief podcast, or you can find us on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash comic relief C, or you can find us on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash comic relief podcast. If you enjoyed the music at the beginning of this podcast, please visit. Taylor Davis's website she did the cover of the song Uh, you can go to her website at taylordavisviolin.com you can visit her youtube channel at youtube.com forward slash user forward slash violin tay t-a-y please go visit her website visit her youtube page subscribe